Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome back to Supergirl TV Talk. This is the podcast where we talk to you about the CW's hit show, Supergirl. I'm Frank, and with me, as always, is my backstabbing friend who left me uh, encased in kryptonite in an ice cave, Tim. Uh, I think I mean, I think you mean that I encased you in cellophane pretending to be ice. Mm, Yeah, there was kryptonite there, though. Uh, because the you know the cellophane would actually make you stop true. breathing. It's true, and the cellophane would you be know. more of a throwback to the cellophane S from Superman Two. You know, th- there'd exactly. be that too. So. Ex- exactly, yeah. exactly. Mm. But then you could sing, Mister Cellophane, Mister Cellophane. Uh, should I throw my S, Mister Cellophane? Yeah, you don't remember that part of Superman Two? I guess I forgot. You know, I I get it's been a while. It was Non's it was Non's whole big number. Oh. Everyone was like, "Oh, Non, you're so forgettable." And then he has this big song about being forgotten, and then seeing right through him, and then he dies. Oh, poor guy. You know, he never and, he never really got a, a a fair a fair shake. No, he didn't. Do you remember that Jeff Johns run of Superman of Action Comics though, where like Non gets lobotomized? Yes, and I that's do. The reason, yeah, I, that I do. Was, that was cool. That was cool, that yeah. Was, yeah. And he used to be like one of Krypton's foremost like genius scientists, and he was like friends with Jor-El and all this stuff, and then he got lobotomized, and that's why he was the big, oh, he was the muscle. Yeah, crazy. I That was a great idea from Jeff Johns, mm-hmm. as, many, as many comic ideas are. Oh, but yes. Frank, we're not here to talk about Superman or action comics. We're here to talk about Supergirl. Yes. Um, but first, we should probably open up the mailbag. <laughs> Was that a better one? That was good. That, that was good. And this time right. I waited yeah. to hear it. So even we, we both did our jobs real good there. That's good. Yeah, That's good. I feel good about that. Yeah, folks have been emailing us at mail at supergirltvtalk.com. And uh, boy, do we appreciate it. Uh, this first one uh, comes to us from uh, Rachel. Uh, Rachel says, so not only... Is John Jones, the, Ma- the Martian Manhunter, beaten by Akrata, but Brainiac 5, 12th level intellect, and literal half-technological techno- being, isn't able to fight back against Lena's incepting technology? Seems a little unrealistic. I wish these two especially were able to show their real power and get the respect they so deserve. But other than that, I thought it was interesting how John Cryer was able to be re-included uh, via a deleted scene. And I was sure Jack was re- returning through virtual reality in some form, but I liked seeing him in flashbacks anyway. Also, Lena and Andrea always look stunning, and I want to see more Brainy versus Alex because I think that's a fun matchup. I I honestly didn't really think about John's, John's kind of powers getting showcased because, because of all that stuff, but and Brainy for that matter, but gosh darn it, you're right. You know, although I will say that the Martian Manhunter on Supergirl is a little depowered from what he is in the comics. That's definitely true. It, you know, he's just not, you know, because, you know, you got to have stakes and stuff like that. If everyone's just great at everything, then there are, then there's, there's nothing to worry about. Yeah, ever. sure, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no, for sure. He is definitely a, a, a scaled down sort of different version Um of of what we normally see from Martian Manhunter, but um, so it, it's kind of consistent with that 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 he'd be able to get taken the, at least back on his on his heels by Akrata. Mm-hmm. 
So that makes sense. Thank you very much, Rachel, for that note. Really appreciate that. Um, we got a lot of reactions on Twitter this week um, because people were really, really having a, a tough time with the end of of this week's episode. Uh, oh, sure. Jor El Rivera saying uh, still shaking. Um, our uh, our uh, friend of the show, uh, uh, Colin Carlton, saying, "Well, this episode checks all the emotional boxes." Mm. Uh, and another one from a uh, friend of the show, Chris Love Sanvers. I need something to help me cope, and I don't drink alcohol. How do I cope with this episode? A warm blanket. Right? Yeah, exactly. Secret Pride calls it a lot to process. Uh, we got a lot, you know, good episode, phenomenal episode. A lot of a lot of feedback from folks on Twitter uh, at TV Supergirl telling us how they felt about the episode as well. It really was. It re- we'll get into it, but it was oof, there, were, there were some emotions emotions in this one so um, i'm excited to to get into talking about that but just wanted to say thank you to everybody who has sent us feedback at mail at supergirl tv talk.com or uh, at tv supergirl on twitter we appreciate you uh so thank you so much for doing that really really cool of you and we love reading your stuff on the show uh when we can also want to say thanks to our friends at patreon.com slash thought bubble audio who make this possible by kicking in a dollar here and there maybe five bucks a month a buck a month three bucks a month and uh, making it possible for us to do this show and and all the other shows at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. We have a ton of podcasts now covering TV, covering movies, covering uh, a, a whole host of, of geeky topics. And we love all of you for listening and for donating and making that possible. So thank you so much. Uh, and if you'd like to become a member, head on over to patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio. And you can check out what we have in store for you there. But uh, in the meantime, Tim, I think it is time to uh, open up that uh, iPad of yours and Tell me a little bit about this week's episode. What's the well, uh, what's the deal? The deal is that it's episode seven of season five, entitled "Tremors," because it, it, a little known fact: this episode is loosely based on the Kevin Bacon movie "Tremors" mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. desert giant desert worms. Definitely caught those references, no doubt. No yeah, doubt. Yeah, you yeah you saw all how that all connected. Right? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah the fortress mm-hmm. stuff and everything. Yeah, we'll we'll talk yeah, about exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. Okay, good. I'm glad that it, I'm glad that you saw it and I wasn't going crazy. Oh no, 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 no. Was it was weird when Lillian came back riding a giant worm, though, right? I don't think any of us saw that coming, but you know that's what the show is all about. Surprise. Mm-hmm. Yep, big, big old surprises. I don't think anybody has even saw it. Never mind saw it coming. Definitely you know, we not. So I don't think anyone yeah. saw it at all. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Probably not. I don't no. think. I don't think a single television screen showed that image. Wow, that's crazy. I'm going crazy. Anyway, this episode was written by Jay Holtham and Katie Rose Rogers, and it was directed by Andy Armageddon. And I said it all. Okay, great. said it all. I want to say right off the bat, I'm probably going to repeat this a few times, but I thought the writing this week was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Some of the best writing we've seen all season. Phenomenal. I agree. I I think not just all season, but I I think, honestly, this was one of the best episodes the show has put forth. It's one of those episodes that like cements why we do Storytime Village or why we because everything kind of comes to an an apex and we get to talk about everything all at once yep. because every single thing that happened in this episode kind of not just ran together but they were all mirrored images of what we so every single every single little storyline was either built built up to 
uh, this moment, but they all paralleled one another, and that's that was it's really good writing. It's so good, in fact, that I actually don't have many good bits because so much of it is wrapped in so much of it is wrapped in uh, the rest of the episode. Yes. So, so let's do some let's do some good bits first. Uh, all the same, we were just laughing. Uh, either last week or the week before about all that cape trick. Yes, training. we were. I have that in my goods too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good. And then, like, right in the first, right in the first. Now, if I was, if I was a crazy person, I would think that they heard us. Even though I know this episode was written and then made months and months many before months ago. we even but came close to thinking that. It, but I'm glad that. They heard us. Um, yes, in a way, in a way. I'm <laughs> sure that I'm. I'm glad that in some cosmic greater sense they heard us. Exactly. Yep. Yep. I liked. Exactly. I liked Kara's line that when she's anxious, she likes to punch things. That mm-hmm. was that was a fun fun excuse for her to be sparring. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. actually fun to see her sparring in a way that like you forget that she just doesn't like push things or throw things that she can fight that she's been training for years now with with different people to be able to like effectively punch people. I think sometimes we forget that with like the wire tricks and things like that, but she is a she can hold her own in a fight. Mm-hmm. She may not be, you know, Batwoman or something like that, but she certainly can hold her own in a fight. Definitely. Definitely. And, and it's I, nice to see that every so often. Mhm. And a cape trick. And a cape trick. And I mean, it didn't come back the rest of the episode but it was still fun to, still I know. fun to see later Can you imagine if she just like cape tricked lena like no and she just like trips her on the fortress <laughs> well later in the episode there where... was a moment and i don't remember exactly when it was but there was a moment when i oh i remember now but uh, uh I, there was a moment where i thought she was gonna pull out a cape trick and then it didn't it didn't happen uh but uh, when ramakan was in the fortress i thought oh maybe this is it and and didn't didn't happen but but Oh, but well. it was cool to see, oh. nonetheless. I was excited, especially after we just talked about it. What What if that was a little tease to get us ready for when she uses a cape trick in Crisis? <laughs> oh, man, I hope so. That would be great. Saves the day with a cape trick. She just trips the anti-monitor, and he's like, oh, oh, oh. Monel, this one's for you. Oh, got him. Uh, good old Monel. Anyway, Brainy. I liked Brainy's, like, I. he has a cut on his forehead, and then he goes with, like, you know, shows what he really looks like, heals the crack, and then, you know, it's gone on his forehead. I like that the the image inducer, like, shows, like, where the cut is, but, like, translate the, the like, the cracked glass to a cut on his forehead. I like that. It's It's a weird detail, but I enjoyed it. It is. It is a weird detail, and it's really, like, it was, it was fun to see that. It did feel a teeny bit out of place for well, for the show and for the pacing of the moment it was sort of like we're spending like 30 seconds on this i was i was a little like like well, it's because that that's hit, that circle is his inhibitor is like one of his inhibitors and so it was broke so like you had to show that it got broken sure i guess if that that was my but you almost like we haven't seen him look like that in so long you almost have to like remember that brainy looks like that yes if, does that make sense yes yeah. yeah, I almost wonder. Maybe like, that's a know, reminder for Crisis. Oh, it could be. Actually, there could be a, just a little bit of seed planting there. Like, oh, hey, by the way, actually, even though Brainy found Leviathan because of the, you know, he's less inhibited, blah, blah, blah. I wonder if that's going to factor into Crisis as well. Oh, I, I I imagine it will. Actually, I was going to wait till we got there, but we did get an email about that. That I wanted oh, really? To, yeah, I wanted to pull back up when we get uh, to that part in the in. in 
Storytime Village. Okay. All right. Well, we'll come back to it. Uh, and this is a weird aesthetic thing, but I think that Supergirl's suit this season looks really good in the Fortress. Like, the blues of the Fortress play off really well, the blues yes. of the suit. Yes, I was thinking the same. I, you know, I didn't write it down, but I'm glad you did. It really, the Fortress did make it pop, and it made me maybe appreciate that suit for maybe the, the most that I have all season, where, mm-hmm. where I was really yep. like, oh, yeah, this, like, this fits. Like, hell yeah. Like, let's let's do this. I love this. Yeah, and I've really, I've, I really like the suit a lot, and but this something about the fortress. I was like, man, these blues are really working. These like the shading and the texture, and it's really working yeah. in the setting, which kind of almost adds like like the fortress is quote unquote Krypton, and her suit is Kryptonian, so it almost adds like your suit looks the best amongst Kryptonian wear. Like that is just that's cool. That's right. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I, I loved all of it. I thought L Protocol was cool. Definitely was a good idea on Clark's part. Mm-hmm. Probably yes. should have made it a little less easy to hack, but hey. Yeah, well, actually, the, that kind of reminded me of the uh, the the little digital one she put. It kind of reminded me of Superman Returns. Oh, yeah. When Lex makes like the green kryptonite-ish one. Oh, yeah. And he, yeah. That's kind of what it reminds me of. I enjoyed that. 100% mm-hmm. reminded me of that. I thought of that immediately. Yes. Totally agree. Love that we got a season one reference with the myriad stuff. Yes. Um, yes. Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. I, yeah, I love so much of that. We've talked about this before, but it's always nice when they reference season one. Like, it's the forgot. It's like the forgotten child. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's the CBS season. We don't We don't talk about that. But it was, it felt, it was so long ago. But, like, she almost had to say it because, like, Lena wasn't there. Right. Right. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it was nice to get that little moment of Lena being like, oh, like, I remember where I was in that hit. Yes, that's true. Like, it was a bigger deal than just, like, this National City moment yep. or something like that. Yep. You know where she was? She was in Metropolis being held by Lex Luthor. Yep. Basically. Essentially. That's what. That's basically what was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a little bit after that. So, any other good bits? I'm all, I'm all bitted out. All right, that's cool. Uh, I did enjoy the line of being Ramakan being called an Earthbender because that's a Avatar, Avatar. Earthbender reference. Yes, I am a fan, so that was uh, that was fun. But speaking of Ramakan, we got a Professor Comics corner coming up because Ramakan is a comics a character, and he was not associated with Leviathan at all. Okay, yeah, and it's kind of what I thought. This is a completely different take on Leviathan than what the comics are doing, which is funny. It's like, yes, secret shadowy organization, but apart from that, it's really diverging. Because I just read, I like sped read Event Leviathan just in case if, uh, which is a comics event, Oh, just in case um, any of it related to Supergirl, and it's totally different. Interesting. It's totally different. They just basically took the name leviathan slash they're everywhere and turned it into a different type of secret society mm. it actually feels more like league of assassins league of shadows uh yeah, yeah but that's okay i'm fine with that because sure. that's kind of what leviathan started as so but anyway ramakan is a fairly new hero and he's actually i mean a super uh villain he's actually a justice league villain um he first appeared in jla number 62 in 2002 he was created by Joe Kelly and Doug Monkey, who were also the creators of, uh, oh my God, uh, who died la- now? I want to say Union Jack, 
but that's not right at all. Manchester Black. Manchester Black. Thank you very much. Yep, I got you. I knew it rhymed. Uh, that's right. Yeah. So it's the same people who created him. It's that. It's like that. Uh, that creative team around the same era too. Yeah, and that's right. Ramakan. Ramakan is kind of like what they they say in the in the show. Where the in the show they said like, oh, the ship crash landed on Earth and wiped out the dinosaurs, which was like a big drop, you know, in, in Earth thirty eight, wiped out by a ship, not an asteroid, and so, uh, and so they're from but, so but a ship that big. people thought was an asteroid because That's it was correct. so big, which That's I thought correct. was a cool little addition to the that is a that is a huge asteroid, yeah, slash huge, huge ship. ship, yeah, huge ship. So in the show. Uh, Khan is from Jonaper, which they say is like a sister planet of Krypton. So it's in that same vicinity as Daxum and uh, in Krypton and right. like that era, that part of the galaxy. But in the comics, Ramakan is he's very old. He's uh, he first appeared in a thousand four BC, but he is uh, he's tied to Atlantis, so like Aquaman and everything like that, and he's from. He's from Jonaper, like this faraway land, and he is kind of, he's a hero, and he becomes the joint leader of Atlantis at one point, and then, like, you know, he moves up through the, you know, moves up through the ages, battles the Justice League, breaks Wonder Woman's lasso of truth, and then he's like, oh, but we gotta put it back together, so he becomes kind of good again and stuff. So he's, like, good, but not terrible, If you know what I mean? Like, he's bad, but good, and all the... But his big thing, uh, because he's so old, is this Levine thing is like protecting the land. Yep. You know, yep. this. Yep. You know. He's clearly like the, the climate change, uh, you know, like sort of he wants to get revenge on the human race for for the, for climate change. And he's he is here to protect Mother Earth. And, That's right. And it's against anyone who means to do her harm. Right. Leviathan is basically eco-terrorism. And, uh, and so his abilities in the comics are uh his abilities in the comics are also what they seem to be doing on the show in that he can turn soil into like just dirt into fire granite or wine which is fun uh and you know because why not and he's very strong and a magician and it's all magic based so i think that's where the so a Krata's medallion is also magic but alien technology ish you know so because that's all of i the things so yep. It's all tied to the same era, so we just so we just learned that instead of magic, it's it's alien tech. It's alien tech that is so indistinguishable that it becomes magic, basically. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Asimov. Yes. Uh, so that's so that's Ramakan. He doesn't really show up a lot in comics. Yeah. He's one of those. He's a character that like oh we have a lot of immortals already. We have Vandal Savage and we have Rachel Ghoul and and so we don't. We don't see a lot of Ramakan, but I'm he's kinda cool. And the show actually did a, a really nice job at translating his comic uh his uh, costume to the screen, although I guess for him they're just his clothes. They're just his clothes, but still still I thought that was really cool. I thought they did a really good job with the exposition on who he was. Um and and mm-hmm. doing it in a way that wasn't like super exposition heavy, but also told you enough about him that you got the picture. Right, exactly. Because I, to, honestly, I knew nothing about Ramakan before this episode. Yeah. It was all back. It was all backlog research, and 
and I got who he was immediately. And I was like, okay, yeah, responsible for some of these things. Like, it's very Rachel Ghoul League of Assassins. It like, kind of is, we, yeah. We burned Rome and Chicago and this. And so, like, he's like, I'm around for the flood and the this and the this. I did like the Bible connection in this where they're like, Leviathan is mentioned six times in the Bible. It's not mentioned anywhere in any other sources. So it's, it's very closely tied to this idea. I enjoyed that very much. Me so, too. like, Leviathan is Leviathan is that old. Ye old Bible days, yes. also known as the ancient times, also known as their actual errors. Um, so <laughs> the olden days, the ye olden days. <laughs> so, so that's uh, that's Ramakan, and pretty much the only comics corner in here because a lot of um, everything else was yeah, it's been referenced before. Referenced before. So, Frank, yes, sir. Time to time to get into Storytime Village. Let's talk about this dark side of technology over reliance on technology first. Myriad, which is not really even the reason that Lena goes to the fortress in the first place, but she's like, oh, hey, this is even better than I had thought. Like, I can use this. Like, I was coming here for a completely different reason, I think. Right? I think. Yeah. Yeah. She was She was wanting to get her hands... She was wanting to get her hands on a weapon, but I don't think for the same reason that she ended up taking Myriad. Yeah, I think so. I think she wanted some of, she wanted some of Lex's tech and she was using this guise of you know helping to defeat you know leviathan and um and all rip roar and all these different things uh that way but myriad is like a happy accident and she was she's she was good for it was it did you get kind of a kick of seeing like the uh, uh the vault the weapons vault oh yeah that this was super cool this whole tour of the fortress thing was really really cool for me mm-hmm. um it was just cool to spend as much time there and it looked great like it didn't look like a cardboard set um it it looked i thought pretty pretty awesome i was that's one of the best looks we've had at it in this show yes i agree mm-hmm. i was i agree super happy with that i thought it was super cool to see Supergirl hanging out in the fortress like there were you know you know how I am with those whenever we see her doing very prototypical Superman type things um but like I yeah I I, I definitely went for it I definitely yep. definitely went for it yep I was there I was there for it so I like this you know idea of taking Lex's tech and using it for good but we're actually using it for evil and you know, Myriad and all this stuff. And then, of course, we get uh, Brainy's inhibitor, you know, being knocked off. So he's inhibited for a reason. You know, so it's good now, but it's not going to be good later. Is this where you want to bring it? Did you want to bring up that email? Yeah, now's a good time to, to bring that up. Yeah, so he definitely, well, I'll 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 just go ahead and, uh, and read the email. This one actually also comes from Rachel, who we read from earlier. Uh, and she says, do you think Brainy being uninhibited will stick? Will he still be uninhibited Uninhibited in crisis? Or could Lena's project that she's planning on releasing next week reset him to default settings? Could this have anything to do with Megan Rath's character arriving in a few episodes? Hmm. I mean, it's very possible. It's, oh, right, Megan Rath's character. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. I didn't remember that yeah at all jesse rath who plays brainiac his sister is coming to the show and she's playing a female version of mm-hmm. brainiac five yep. right yep so, so could be interesting reason like if this does if this idea sticks around or if this you know injury let's call it sticks around and keeps impacting him 
Um, it could be a reason why another Brainiac would, would pop up, and it could be something that plays into Crisis. Maybe he's uninhibited in Crisis, and that gives him the ability to do something heroic that he wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. Right, right, right. Ooh, this is going to get interesting yeah. quickly. So I thought that was interesting coming from Rachel, and that's why I wanted to call that out when we got to this point. Excellent. All right. Well, let's talk about let's talk about the the big old villain in the room. So this uh, shades of villainy slash secrets and trust they all kind of come to a head. So we're just going to talk about them together because we learn a couple of different things. First, there's you know we learn about the Leviathan inner circle, which we've talked about, which we've talked about already, and you know, Ramakan and what they're responsible for and all this different stuff. This, like, shade of villainy, like, eco-terrorism, not a good thing, noble intentions, but maybe not the best way to go about it. Sure. You know, you know, you could get people to compost instead. It's not that hard. Might be, might be one way to go. You could do that. Yep. You put your banana peels in another can, they, like, it's not a big deal. Like, so, um, so, that that's kind of but i mean that's all wrapped into like the secrets and whatever else but apart from they almost felt like a weird side plot in this episode like we have to have some action so we're going to introduce ramakan in relation to next week's episode mm-hmm. i guess mm-hmm. but maybe do you think that lena is being manipulated by leviathan and she doesn't even know it so like is like part of leviathan's plan for lena to like wipe out everybody's um you know they want everybody to think this way and they want you know like does that make sense yes that's what's happening <laughs> that's so, 100% yes. what happens happening yes that's yeah. the and they they even kind of drop little hints about that th- along the way right where she's like oh i know all about leviathan and the old lady's like nobody knows everything about leviathan like mm-hmm. don't don't get it twisted luther you still don't know everything yeah. Uh, I still think yes. I still think that they are they are behind the scenes pulling the strings. Yeah, but I, in a way that because Lena, we've seen Lena be like the master manipulator this season. But this I episode, think that this but yes, even this episode, and I think that she is just going to like the wool is going to be pulled is being pulled over her eyes, and she doesn't even know it, and that's going to like send. We've talked about this before, but that's going to send her shockwaves like oh my god i thought i could do this on my own but i can't Mm -hmm. i actually do need people so on and so on and so on and so on yep yep and if i know cara zorel at all she's gonna always be there for her even like if she's if she comes back asking for forgiveness she'll take her take her back you know that's right because lena especially has been you know like she says to her you know like like i cara was like oh are you gonna kill me and Lena responds so cold, like she says, "No, Supergirl." She calls a Supergirl, which I thought was like, "Wow, that's mm-hmm. ice right cold. there." You're not my friend. You're Supergirl. Which said, "No, Supergirl. I'm not a villain. You shouldn't have treated me like one." Ouch. Yep. You're just like she's just making her like sit in her like shame box. Basically. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Lena is that that really really like strict disciplinarian parent who comes up with like really really interesting cruel and unusual ways to teach their kid a lesson. I'm going to make you sit there in time out and think about what you did in this really messed up way that makes you relive your own your own mistakes. Oh, so terrible. So 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 terrible. Oh, so bad. um um so I don't know where to start 
with the Lena and Kara conversation because it all kind of comes to it all kind of comes to a head and they just act it so well. Oh my god, right? Like so well that I want to go back and rewatch the scene. I did it today, but like I thought the whole time, man, I never rewatch scenes, but I want to rewatch this. It was too good. It was incredible. Like this is the performance of the episode. I feel like mm-hmm. we we have that every week there is one that like is a standout. This was the standout from the two of them. Um but oh my goodness. What an incredible, incredible scene. Yes, I want to rewatch that too. Mm-hmm. I just, I think the way they both reacted was exactly, exactly right. Like, Lena almost had everything planned, what she wanted to say, but she still, it's still, the uh, situation still kind of took her over, and she she almost, like, broke her, she did break her cool, actually. But I think that was that was that hits Kara worse than like being quiet because Lena never loses her cool, right? This is like the most emotional we've ever seen Lena yes. ever. Yes. So so it's almost like that parent who never yells, they're just quietly disappointed and then one day they yell and they snap like, oh, my oh my god, like you've never yelled and the you know like you know, the 10 years I've been alive. Right, You've right, right, right. My and, room must be very messy. And specifically, it felt like a parent type of, like, like unloading their disappointment on the kid, right? Mm-hmm. That That's why it's so, it doesn't really feel like a friendship or a relationship even. It feels like almost like a parent, or like, like someone in a position of authority and, and someone who's not. Because that sense of disappointment is so palpable and so real here. What I think is interesting about the way that the scene is kind of set up is that the episode wants you to be on Lena's side like for that like the when she unloads on Supergirl like it's not it's not really defending Kara it's allowing Lena to say what she needs to say and then apart from like Lena putting her in a box of kryptonite it kind of wants you to be like yes Lena Kara was wrong yeah it's definitely sympathetic to her point of view and makes you while while what she's doing again as she as as Lena always does she does the wrong things for like reasons you can understand yeah you know that's that's really like if there is a character flaw that she has it's that she she does the wrong things but for for sympathetic reasons that's a really good way of putting Lena as a character i think that's, and that separates her very. That separates her completely from her other Luther family members. Correct. You know where she's a lot like them in in some ways, but she's she's just kind of like a like a, like a she's just been kicked too many times. Yeah. You yeah. Sure? If she, if she wasn't so cold, you'd give her a hug. <laughs> you know. Yeah. 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 It. it, it yeah. It. It's. I, I actually even in having this conversation for them in the Fortress of Solitude because like the fortress is kind of like this symbol of Krypton, right? Like like almost like the gap between them, this plant. I thought you, you were going to say almost like the gap, and I was like, I'm not sure I follow the gap. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like Lena's too rich for old navy. So she's gotta, <laughs> I guess she goes that's to true. The gap. Yeah, um, I guess that's true. What was I thinking? So, yeah, I think. Yeah, so anyway, so the, if the fortress is kind of like this, like, setting of, like, symbolic, you know, 
you know, get this gap between them. Like they're they're from two very different they're from two very different places, and now they're separating out. Even actually, Lena calling her Supergirl at the end kind of cements that home because yes. Kara and Lena are human friends. If that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. It's she's fr- she was friends with Kara. Supergirl was another person. Uh and, and so now when she calls her Supergirl, it's like not acknowledging her as her friend. That's right. Yeah. That's cuts. Cuts cuts cuts, it cuts. cuts the deep. And, and what she said about, you know, I'm not a villain, you shouldn't treat me like one was also very cutting. Oh, it, the whole thing was just even the way that she pulled up examples like, oh, remember that time that we were gonna die and you didn't oh, tell yeah. me that you were that, Supergirl? That was fun, huh? Remember that? Yeah, yeah, remember that time that I tried to save my friend's life first, but then I but then apparently she could fly. Hmm. So I almost died and you could have saved us all, but instead like it's true though, if you really think about it, like Kara like they all almost died because Kara wouldn't reveal the secret. Yeah. However, we also know Kara to know that if it was to the point in which they were going to die, she would, she would have, have broken the secret to save everybody. And we so also they, know they that actually never really were going to die. We also know that that was the that whole incident was the reason why she was like, "I need to tell Lena." Like, yes, she, that that was the day that she decided I have to tell Lena. Yep. Um. Uh, also, how about the part where Lena was like, "I killed my brother for you." Oh yeah, that hurt. Yep. Yeah. When did you find out the day I killed my brother? Ugh. Yeah. I liked it was almost like comic booky where Supergirl was like, "Oh, I like saw him fall," and Lena was like, "But you didn't see a body. Come on, we're, we're on Supergirl. Come on, we've all read comics. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. This is this is comic books. Supergirl. Like you, the body, the body needs to be there. So." Yeah, all of, all of that, all of that coupled, all of that all coupled that stuff. together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you do you think that? Um, well, hold on, in mind, I'll say my question. You you say things. So your I, favorite thing, uh, my favorite things. Yeah, I thought that it was incredibly. I think it's incredible how much Lena has shown herself to be a master manipulator the fact that lena was able to manipulate kara like that and really lay out this sort of trap for kara uh and that kara walked into said trap that lena laid for her uh and and sort of went through all the like lena had every moment planned out and knew how things were going to go with the deo with kara with all of them and the fact that it all went according to her plan shows um, how incredibly smart she is and how like scary she is and how you don't want to be on her bad side because if she knows things about you as a friend, she will use them uh, when it becomes uh, convenient. Even the fact that she used that that signal watch so strategically of like, no, I know exactly what I'm going to do. This is going to happen. I'm going to press the button. Supergirl's going to save me. It's going to be fine. She had it all calculated out and that shows how what a genius she is mm-hmm. and just what a master manipulator she is if Supergirl with like super intelligence or whatever couldn't see through it. You know, if Lena learned to fight, you know, like hand-to-hand combat, all that thing, I think it would be like that Sherlock Holmes, Robert Downey Jr. thing where he'd be like, the guy's coming up the stairs and he's like, clock to the left, limp on the thing. And then he just like knows exactly where to go to take yep. the yep. guy out. That's how Lena would fight. Yeah. She would be like, bam, 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 see it all happen. and But in destroyed. Irish. But in Irish, actually, she screamed something. Yes, and I was like, oh, the accent. There it came it is. out. The accent came out while she was while she was delivering her big soliloquy. Yep, yep. She was so emotional. The real accent came out. It was 
it was it was so real. She and I loved to act. It. Yeah, loved it. I loved it. So let's talk about how it actually that this kind of intersects with Jean's story very much. Yeah. Be, uh, so Jean is still coping with you know what he has committed, and he you know like has does this vision with his dad. And uh, you know all this stuff, and he's like, "What do I do?" And Myron's like, "I, it's actually my fault. It's not your fault. You were a kid. Like, I kind of placed you in this situation. Like, don't even worry about it." And so I like that Jean then goes to talk to Malefic or like confront Malefic, but instead of being like uh, full of hate or blame or hiding anything, he's like, "Take everything from me." Yep. He comes like, on his knees in humility. Yeah, it is, it is literally the exact opposite of how Lena reacted to a Supergirl and Kara, like where they've also had this like terrible relationship and secrets and you know trust is and all this blah 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 blah, and he's like, "I'm prepared to die for you," and. Lena's like, I am prepared to almost kill you, but I won't mm-hmm. kill you because I'm not a villain. Right. It is the exa- it is the exact it is the exact exact opposite reaction. But it kind of shows you in which like Lena's like, I'm not a villain, but you are. Yeah, exactly. Okay, but- it, leaving your friend tied up next to their their greatest life threatening weakness. That I would I would argue that man's kind of villainous. That's that's my argument. It's definitely villainous, but not only that, it's not only that it's villainous, but also that it's not heroic. Like, it's all selfish. Like, I'm not a villain, but you're selfish. And, and John, to be a hero, you have to be selfless. And that's exactly John is willing to give up everything. He is. Just so his brother, the, you know, the guy who committed genocide will feel okay. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot to take in. It, yeah, it was. It was because he wants. He knows that he wronged his brother, and he wants to make that wrong right. Even though the person who he wronged, you know, did horrible things, he still feels that sense of honor and that need to set things right to to right mm-hmm. his past wrongs. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it was really well done. And I thought actually, I thought that um, David Harewood really dug into the core of that too i think that everybody was like everybody's like acting game was like okay we're gonna be really good this episode, i know everyone i know no you know we're all good all the time but today we're gonna be really good be extra good we're extra ex- extra good extra good it was it, i i you know i was starting to to think to myself uh when i when i saw the first scene i guess it was the first scene with jean and marin i was starting to think to myself early in the episode that like I'm kind of this Martian plot line is sort of plodding along and I'm not really you know not feeling it so much anymore I kind of wish something Mm -hmm. interesting would happen and then Mm -hmm. something interesting happened (laughs) (laughs) like the next scene in that in that B plot was was something was like the most it was sort of like the culmination of so much of it so far so uh, I was very pleased I was very pleased with this episode all around Tim I have to say I was really really pleased I thought every Every storyline was firing uh, uh, on on all cylinders. I really, I really dug this episode a lot. I I agree. I think this was their best episode of the season. I fully so, agree. Fully agree. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, it was a slow burn to this point, but I'm glad that we reached this point. Me too. And in some ways, it, people had that complaint about last season, like it was like taking too long to get there. And I was more interested in the storyline last season. I liked what it was doing and where it was going, and I didn't mind 
it taking its time, but this one, it was an excellent payoff because it's seasons of payoff in a lot of ways, yeah. as opposed to just a singular season. But all of this is also coupled with Alex and Kelly's relationship because Kelly's been keeping this fear and this secret close to her chest that her previous fiance died and that Alex putting herself in these dangerous situations, you know, was really pushing them apart. And they came together at the end of this episode in the most adult way possible, but also the most realistic. Because in one yes. end, you have the Forge of Solitude where she's like, I'm going to stick you in an ice filled with kryptonite tomb thing. <laughs> right, right. And then John's like, read my mind and take everything <laughs> from me. And then meanwhile, Alex and, Alex and Kelly are like, remember when he got me that motorcycle helmet? That was really great. And then like, let's just... I will try to be more sensitive next time because you've been through a lot. I'm sorry. I should have. I should have been there for you. Like, no, it was just. All of a sudden, I'm like, I'm watching a different show. I know it like, really was. It really was. But so, but in such a good way, right? Because it really was uh, the realistic adult way you would handle that. Right. Um, you have like these operatic storylines happening above you, and then you get down to like the very earth, Alex and Kelly, where you're like, we're regular people, and this is how we handle situations. Yeah, very grounded. Yeah, not superheroes or super geniuses or um, Martians. This is <laughs> regular yeah. people. Normal yeah. normal people with their normal problems dealing with them in a normal way. I did think when Kelly came to Alex at the DEO when she was like in her hospital bed mm-hmm. and she was like starting to break up with her in her like hospital room. I was like, that might be a little. I mean, give it a minute. Yeah. Give like, it a minute. Oh, my God. Yeah. Don't break up with her in the hospital. Yeah, your timing, traditionally not great, Kelly. Yeah, this, not, is, this is not a good idea. Not your best idea. Not your best idea, Kelly. But uh, but then but then when Alex, the way Alex sort of took it and was like, you know what? Because I, I was afraid that was going to cause drama that, that was going to last, you know, past this episode. That mm-hmm. they'd be ending this episode sort of figuring out where we go from here type of thing. But instead, it was Alex was like, you know what? I'm hearing what she's, what she's really saying is that I was not considerate of of the way that she feels because of her past experience losing a fiance. Um, and I need to be better about that. And and she took the feedback and she apologized and, and uh, you know, said she would do better. And like it was that's how adults handle these things in their relationships. And that was great. Yeah. And I it just kind of even from the beginning of Alex's like relationship history on the show, it just shows how far she's come and how much it. It was how important it was that Maggie came and went in some way. It really validates um, their their like roller coaster of mm-hmm, a relationship, mm-hmm. uh, and then leaving. I enjoyed that a lot. But on on top of that, I think that you look at these different, even the different settings in which everything happens, and their conversation happens in a very normal place, and they're just like you know. So you have like this operatic fortress event. And you have, you know, the the secret laboratory event. And then you're like, and here's like, we're on a couch. Yes. Having this like conversation. It was real. It was almost like watching like the end of Return of the Jedi where like we're in space and we're on the planet and we're in uh, a Death Star yep. or something. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, it was nice. This is, I don't know if this was intentional or not, but the way that Malefic talks about his time in the Phantom Zone kind of mirrors the way that Lena talks about her emotional arc about being lied to. Oh, like this look cold at that. And, this cold and lonely empty space and you know like and why they are the way that they are. So they're like you know like we're the same you and me. You know that's like that's kind of uh, that was not, I don't know if that was intentional or not but I I liked that there was like a very 
physical reality for for Malefic and a very emotional reality for Lena, but they all kind of came to the same place. That's really interesting. I wouldn't have picked up on that. And whether it was intentional or not, I like it. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's what uh, authority is all about, Frank. You know, mm. like whether it's the, the author chose to put it there or not, if the reader takes it, then good on you. Then it's there. It, then it's there. Yep. If you can back it up, and I, I think I did. So anyway, so that was... Uh, you should like go to school for this or something. I should... Yeah. Probably make it a career. Oh, wait, I did. Ah, mm. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> anyway, if you uh, want me to come to Hollywood, my email <laughs> is... <laughs> <laughs> if you want me to come to Hollywood... <laughs> Mail at supergirltv.com or whatever our email is. That's it? You got it. You know. Yeah, great. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. It's so, Hey, you know, you laugh, but, you know... Mark Bernardin started podcasting with Kevin Smith, and now he's like, a like writing Castle Rock. So, so basically, I'm your Kevin Smith, is what you're saying. Yeah, don't 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 you be I don't you be happy about that? Don't I mean, mind? yeah, I'm thrilled about that. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just making sure lead, we're clear. Yeah, you're the lead podcaster. Yeah, yeah, okay, and yeah, right. <laughs> Which really just means that you have to do the editing, and I. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good stuff. All right. Well, Frank, I think I said all the things I want to say. What about you? Uh, yeah, I think we covered. I think we covered all the things. Marin was kind of sassy when he was like, "He's across town." I thought that was like the sassiest I'd ever seen Marin. That way, he was so <laughs> sassy. Like you mean he's like in my head, right? right. Like, no, he's no, no, he's town. across town. <laughs> that was very cool. Um, I liked how the fortress AI made a point of mentioning Lex Luthor, brother of Lena Luthor. Just to rub it in a little bit more and just to make sure everyone remembers, like, just want to throw that out there. She's the she's the sister of Lex Luthor. Okay, okay. Proceed. Sorry. Go ahead. We're actually getting a lot of that because we got it last week. We got appearances by him. We see him again this week. And I think it's definitely like a, hey, remember him for crisis kind of thing. I think so. I think so. I mean, also, I think now that, like, they can mention him more, like, they... It's not like in passing, like, oh, my brother in jail. It's like, no, you remember him? He, like, nearly killed all of us, like, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, He's a character remember? on the show now, so they can, yeah. they can do that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I enjoy that. Me too. Me too. Yeah, no, that's about it. That's all about, those are all the little odds and ends I wanted to mention. Well, those are, those are all good odds and ends. I would like to almost revisit this episode at another point after seeing what comes next week because I have things I want to talk about for next week, actually. So sure. maybe take us out. Also, there's no journalism in this episode. So that's um, true. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe take us out and we can talk about trailer TV talk and what we think is coming next. Yeah. Sounds good. Next episode won't be for two weeks. We'll be returning on December 1st. Uh, so uh, we'll, uh, we'll be taking next week off and returning with the next episode of Supergirl. But if you're sticking around to hear the trailer for the next episode, um, you'll want to stick through this if you're leaving us because you don't want to hear any spoilers or anything like that. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can find this show over at uh, thoughtbubbleaudio.com, supergirltvtalk.com. You can find us anywhere podcasts are found, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, uh, Pocket Casts, uh, all those good places you can find us uh, anywhere you find your podcasts. Uh, we are part of the Thought Bubble Audio Network, and we appreciate everyone who checks out our other shows uh, and throws us a little donation at patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio. 
Uh, much thanks and love to everyone who does that. Thank you to everyone who emails us at mail at supergirltvtalk.com and tweets at us at TV Supergirl, follows us at supergirltvtalk on Instagram. We love you all so much. Thank you for your support in all of the ways. And Tim, thank you for your support in talking to me about trailers. Oh, you're so welcome, Frank. Yeah. You're so welcome. So next week's episode is called The Wrath of Rama Khan. Yes. But he which, does not appear in the trailer. No. <laughs> that is correct. And uh, doesn't appear in the trailer. Very clever title that I kind of love, The Wrath of Ramakan. It's great. Yeah. Uh, Wrath of Khan. Wrath of Ramakan. Yep. So, but so here's the, so it's it, it's setting this like Lena versus Supergirl. She's going to do the thing with the Myriad and take away people's free will because of the be good to one another and all that stuff. I think it's called the Wrath of Ramakan because it, they're going to be like, oh, by the way, we orchestrated all this. This is what we want. I, I think that's why. I right? suspect you're right. I suspect you're I think, right. Yeah. I think that's why the episode is titled that. So my question is, is is this the end of Lena's villain storyline? Um, I don't know. I, I think it. So I think it depends on how much Lena plays a role in Crisis. Uh, because if Lena's going to play a major role in Crisis, I've got to imagine she's going to be on the side of the good guys. Um, I can't imagine she like wants the world to get destroyed. So, right. um, <clears throat> so I, I, if she plays a role, then I feel like they must have to do something to have some kind of a ceasefire or a truce or something. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I haven't seen any photos of her on the set. Have you? For nope, I, nope, I haven't at all. They've they've been really focused on the the heroes, the core heroes. Yeah, uh, for sure. I don't think she plays much of a role. I think this is going to be this story is going to be part of like a cliffhanger that will pick up after Crisis, like like a season cliffhanger to to uh, to get us to the other side of Crisis. It could be. Yeah, who? I don't know. I really, I really don't know. But you don't you don't know. So you haven't seen the episode already. You don't no, know. I haven't, Frank. Well, I know. What, what good are you? You know, what are you even like? Why do you show up? I mean, I really don't show up. I'm in my home. That's true. So, which is kind of nice, isn't it? We can just do this from our homes. Isn't that so nice? Yeah, cool. I mean, I mean, like we have to drive to regular works. Yeah. 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 But yeah. this is nice. This is nice. So, so anyway, so yeah, I don't know. If, I wonder if like it's going to pivot here for Lena. And this will kind of, I don't know if this is going to, once she realizes that she's, if if this is truly like, oh, we're Leviathan, we've done this. I wonder if this is where Lena's like, oops, I was, you know. If she realizes she was played. Right. Oops, yeah. I was wrong. Um, I did it again to your heart. Got you lost know. in the game. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, take me back. So, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But I... I mean, we could be way off. I mean, these past couple of episodes, they've been pretty good about uh, shifting what our expectations are. Definitely. You know, so, so, I don't know. Oh, one good bit I forgot to mention. I really like, so this, uh, the Leviathan lady, uh, you know, Lady Lady L, whatever her, Lady Lev. Granny Goodness. Granny Goodness, whatever. Knock off Granny Goodness. Exactly, whatever she's, uh, whatever her name is. Um We've seen her be nothing but calm, cool, and collected since last season. And as soon as she's in Ramakan's presence, she's like, well, <laughs> it's true. 
I really enjoyed that. Also, who who's the lady in the green dress? Do we know? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't look it up on the the, the cast or the IMDb's to be a, a perfectly a perfectly honest because I kind of want kind of wanted to be surprised. Oh, she's um Oh my gosh, I skipped. She's uh Ganemone. 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 That's I don't know how to say her name. Um, I don't know how to say it, but anyway, I, I recognize the name, uh, but Gem- I don't know Gem- much about her. Gememne is the joint other ruler of Atlantis from the comics. I talked about Joe Kelly and Doug Mankey, you know, uh-huh. right, Ramakan, JLA number 62. She is the other ruler of Atlantis. So I guess she's the other Leviathan ruler. She's not like given anything if that. Sure. Yeah. She, did, like, she didn't have much to work with. She's like I'm cool looking and and stuff. Uh, but she's. she's a, you, did you watch Stranger Things? Just the first season. Um, she's one of the moms from Stranger Things. Really? Yeah. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, doing some just brief research now for Professor Comics Corner. She is an Atlantean, exiled at birth from Atlantis for having blonde hair, which was considered a curse by the ancient Atlanteans. That's racist. Hilarious because, you know, in the comics, Aquaman has blonde hair. That's true. This is very true. Yeah, real oh. fun. Enjoy that. She showed up in JLA number 69. So, um, several, nice. is, uh, so, uh, yeah, two, seven issues after Ramakan. Ah, okay. So, really from the same era. Yeah, man, that's cool. All right. So, well, that's, uh, that's fun. So she was part of this thing called the League of Ancients, which is what Ramakan was putting to like put together, and that included Ramakan, Manitou Raven, the Anointed One, um, the Whaler, Tezamak, and Sela. This is something that I kind of want to see. Uh, honestly, I kind of want to see this on Supergirl, like a like a prehistoric Justice League. Ooh. Like I want to see that. That's basically what this is, and I would really, I would, I'm, I, I dig this. I, I want to see more. That would be really cool. I'd be into yeah. it. I'd be into this. Yep, especially since like they were originally. Uh, but but she's a. Okay, so uh, she is depicted as the high-ranking Leviathan member who comes to Earth from Krypton's sister planet Juniper during the Age of Dinosaurs. Yeah, so she's just the co-leader and stuff. Yeah, I'm down though. I want to see more. I want to see more of her, and I want to see. That's what I want the rest of the season. I do want, you think she's gonna take down Ramakan and and like take over? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's super will end up fighting her ultimately. Yes. Yep. I. You are absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, so. she's a she's a magic wielder. I mean, they probably go an alien tech here, but Supergirl doesn't do so well against the magic. That's right. So raise the stakes. Indeed, mm-hmm. indeed, indeed. Well, Frank, I am excited that we have two episodes, one episode left before Crisis, and it's coming in three weeks. That's right. What a, what a time to be alive. What a time. So we'll be off next week. We'll be back uh, the following week for Wrath of Ramakan, and then we will have Crisis. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm super excited. But Frank, I think uh, that's all for now. So as a It's been a pleasure, as always, and until next time, up, up, and away.